Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. We're having a, a mixed bag of tires going on right now in the world. Hi, how are you? Welcome back to the podcast and, and happy Tuesday to you. But uh, we have press cars coming in without winter tires, personal cars yeah. that exist with winter tires. So it snows a lot. This, look, this is total first world problems, I realize. First world snow problems. But I realize I need to drive the thing that just showed up so we can talk about it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it's snowy outside, so I want to drive my own car because it's got good tires on it. Right. Which is a weird combination. It depends yeah. on the, the press vehicle. That it does, Some for sure. are equipped yeah. with winter tires. Yeah. But what I love about our local shop is that they call the swap just a NASCAR swap. That's funny. And, and everybody knows what that means. When you need your summer tires mounted on your summer wheels, <laughs> change to the winter tires mounted on your winter wheels. You just take it to them like, need a NASCAR swap. And they're like, got it. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> So they know exactly. So, what to so do. we have uh, the the Z4 and the Mercedes. The cheap sports cars are both on winter tires right now, and I have to be honest, look kind of cool on their big winter tires. They do, although my staggered fitment means the all four normal tires and wheels all the way around means the rear track looks really narrow. Really narrow. Yeah, so yeah, it looks yeah. like one of those trucks that drive on the train tracks now. Yeah. It's a little strange, but whatever. I had my uh, I had my car parked in a parking lot in the last couple of days, and I watched a guy in a huge expedition parked next to it looking at the Z4 like it was a spaceship because it was lightly snowing and it's yeah. parked there beside him in the parking lot. And you know, he's thinking, who drove that? Yeah. And my guess is I probably had better tires than he did. I didn't get a chance to see, but my, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's the headspace. Winter means the biggest thing yes. you can possibly yes. drive. With four that's all-wheel drive and I'll true. be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, speaking of press cars, we recently drove the 2020 Ford Ranger Lariat. This was the FX4 package. And... I I kept thinking about you and I and our perception of pickup trucks and their size, the hugeness okay. of pickup yeah, yeah. trucks and how yeah, they've yeah. grown over the years. And the more I drove it, the more I thought, this is the perfect size because mm-hmm. now the compact pickups have grown to the point where they use, they're the size of the old pickup trucks yeah, from are. years ago. Yeah, they are. And I'm going, this is the perfect size. If I mm-hmm. were to get a pickup truck, the Ranger really is. And I'm Ford guy, as you know. I interned yeah, at Ford during my design career, and I, I have a, an affinity for Ford. But it, it's nice to be able to start getting in more Ford products. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought, all right, let's let's drive this thing. Mm-hmm. And we don't love the jarring solid rear axle ride that pickup trucks give. But of all the ones we've driven, including our episode where we drove the three normal pickup trucks in downtown Atlanta. The 1500 series stuff. Yeah, the yeah. ride on this truck was pretty good. It was pretty good. I agree I'll with that. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. So this has the EcoBoost 4. It's 270 horsepower, 310 pound-feet of torque. And Sean Harlan says, you need to drive one tuned on E85. No question, just a statement. What are you saying? I get even more torque out of that thing? Of course you would. But the problem that we've had before is the only E85 station in the Salt Lake area is 50 miles one way from us. Yeah, it's Which it's makes that ways. not something that will be part of my lifestyle. That was an issue that I had when I had an FRS as well. But, but it was surprisingly usable. I, I agree with your point mainly on, on size. Even this the back is, seats. I yeah. got in behind myself, yeah, yeah. you know, put our seat where we mm-hmm. like it, and then I got in, and I'm going, this is great. Yeah. I don't want a bigger truck because pickup trucks are just enormous yeah. for the sake of being enormous. I think this one tows 7,500 pounds. 
I forgot it towed. That's You're right, it does tow that really much. really good. That's a lot, especially a considering lot. the fact you look at it and you don't think that's a big truck. 7,500 pounds is quite a bit. Yes. Yes. I agree. So with that kind of power, I was stomping on it up off-ramp so it didn't get good gas mileage. I'm not surprised. But I love the turbo. That torque is yeah. just yeah, it's yeah. monstrous. It's better, and the engine actually sounds better than you think in this truck. Because all the things that I'm attuned to, to think, I'm not going to like this, I was pleasantly surprised. I was going... Okay, that's that's not bad. I I kind of like that. It, it felt it really does feel like and, and and let me get to the end of this thought. It feels like the F one fifty light, which Very I think on the so. surface feels like an insult until you realize how big. Uh, to your point, the normal full size fifteen hundred level uh, trucks are now. They're that's so huge, huge. that you're, from a usability standpoint, I take your point. Even though this feels like I I couldn't quite get the F one fifty, then you start using it and you go. Do I need bigger? Really? I think it rides better than the F-150. There's plenty of space for four people. The bed is still plenty of space. And it's got 7,500-pound towing capacity. Which is good. And it's fast. Yeah. It's got the turbo. You jump on that thing, and it was genuinely fast up a hill, up an on-ramp. Going, what's wrong with this truck? Nothing. Buy this truck. If you need a pickup truck, why do you need the bigger one? So if you're looking at Rangers and you haven't driven one yet... I came away really impressed. It's a it's a good level, and I do think the size is the very interesting discussion point because it's it does seem like now in the modern world that is the small truck, and then you drive it and you think this isn't small. No, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still road high because it had the FX4 package yeah, yeah. for twelve hundred and ninety five dollars, but the total MSRP on this thing was forty six nine hundred and ten, forty six thousand nine ten. So. 47000 that's MSRP. Mm-hmm. I know you can get F-150s for cheaper. Yeah, but, but people don't typically buy F-150s for cheaper. They don't. They load when those up, go, too. When you go load yes. up an F-150, you're spending dollars $90,000 on an F-150. So, I, yeah, it's definitely living below that big boy. Yeah, this is the Lariat trim package with the FX4 package, 2020. So we haven't driven the 2021 yet, but I don't think there's too many changes. With the five-foot box on it, four-door, race red. I thought it was great. I enjoy driving it, and I don't enjoy driving pickup trucks. It's pretty cool. So if you're looking for a Ranger and you haven't considered those yet, I think it deserves uh, contention there for you. Onwards to Blipshift. Oh, yes. The Minister of Finance shirt is available. It's the day I've been waiting for. The Minister of Finance shirt is up on Blipshift. We also have one for the 911 owner. I'm not even going to ruin it. If you like 911s, (laughs) go to the Blipshift store. I ordered one. Paul ordered one the minute it went live. Yes. There's a new 911 shirt from us that is a, a kind of a joke shirt on 911s. But again, you just heard it. Paul said he ordered one immediately. I need a minister of finance shirt. Many of you also mentioned that you that you also want one. So it is good. up. It is so much fun. I'm so excited about it. That is also up there with Happiness Ahead and American Original shirts. The uh, Daily Triple shirts are back. Yes. Yes. This is a monster T-shirt ordering time of year. So I have heard some discussion about the fact that Blip Shift is not being very quick on. Hey, the shirts are here this minute, but they do show up. The other thing you have to think about on Blipshift that is different than ordering a shirt off of a random just here's a store, okay, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is that they have a buying time and then a shipping time. So you could buy at the front end of a buying time and and it doesn't even close. I'm putting it in air quotes you can't see for two weeks yet. Mm -hmm, They mm -hmm. won't ship your shirt for two weeks. 
So keep that in mind too. Blipshift has a, has a different approach. It's the different business model that they use. They have yeah. a, they have a timeline, a time limit of be sure you order this until it's before it's gone. But that time limit has to end before they print them and ship them. So you right, can't do right. the I need a twenty four hours thing that you could do with like an Amazon thing. We do have lots of stuff on the Amazon store. The jackets are there right now. The actual winter jackets with the double stripe; those are there right now. We have TV seasons and Blu rays of American Original and the nine eleven film and Icon the BMW film. And yes, my book is there as well in ebook and paperback. If you park outside during cold months, overnight, at home, or at work, you need a car cover from Covercraft. We specifically recommend the Custom Weather Shield HP Car Cover. It's designed for dramatic water dispersion while still being breathable and super lightweight. It's also got superior paint finish protection too. On the underside, it's less abrasive than flannel. Our cars are an investment. From our personal fun cars and SUVs to our cheap sports cars, Covercraft is focused on protecting all of them. And whatever car, SUV, or truck you love, they want to protect that too. When you're shopping at Covercraft.com, be sure to use the code EVERYDAY to get a 10% discount, and it also ships for free. Follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com for high-quality covers that keep your car protected and looking its best. We have not done car conclusions in so long, and so I went through the stack of emails. Thank you guys yeah, yeah, for yeah. writing to us. It doesn't matter if we featured your your car or your choices in an episode, and I love that you guys are writing to us. So TV at gmail.com for car debates, car conclusions, and Topic Tuesdays. Starting out with Patrick S. in Chicago, who is a longtime podcast listener, car diseased. He's a <laughs> proud new owner of an Estoril Blue rear-wheel drive 2018 BMW M240i. Very cool. Good for you. You got that excellent ZF eight-speed automatic. I realize I do normally refer to it as being excellent. We do we do say it that is. often. You say it as well. It's very good. Yes, <laughs> I love that you found that out, Patrick. He's always been a white car guy, but he says I got a car in a color. And when he saw the car listing, he glad he listened. Thanks for getting a car in a color. That is cool. Plus, yes. that Estero blue is great it's on that gorgeous. car. Gorgeous, really, really good. So Patrick flew from Chicago to San Francisco with his closest friend and car nut the first week of December 2020 to pick up the car from the private seller. They proceeded to make a 38-hour drive back to Chicago with the car in less than 72 hours. Don't do the math. Using their enthusiast route, which... Well, which also suggests <laughs> that they actually did... It's not like, what's the fastest route? It's what's the best route. Right, yeah. right. He says it did involve spirited driving on Highway 1 and Highway Canyon roads. And they even stopped for pizza in Salt Lake City and listened to the podcast most of the way back. Thank you both. <laughs> I love that. That's great. He says the drive was a blast. He's loving the car. It's exactly what he thought it would be, and he couldn't be happier with the purchase for his needs. It's just he and sometimes his girlfriend. He's always loved German cars and has lots of seat time in Volkswagen Group vehicles, but the BMW is an entirely new experience. I'm so glad you got a new experience. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. 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 He says that performance sedan sweet spot piece was very helpful in deciding on this car, especially since he bought the car sight unseen with no M240i nearby to test drive. Mm. Mm, all right. He's still a Porsche fanatic. But Patrick recently graduated <laughs> from Butler University. has been saving to buy his own car since before he had a license. And he's been working at home, and he's an underwriter at, at an insurance company now. But he's, he says, this car has finally entered my life. Patrick, congratulations, man. And I love the fact that this is, there's actually a story, a build-up story, just you having it. 
and then a cross-country trip that follows getting it. I love all of that. Yeah. I mean, what a great way to get to know your car. I mean, there's, yeah. there's one thing about you buy a car in a downtown area and you take it to your house. And yeah, new car is still very exciting. But you buy it across the country and you drive it home. You have a very different kind of honeymoon period with that car than you would if you bought it down the block. I think that's great. Very much so. You, you shopped and got a better price yeah. and got the car you wanted outside yeah. of your immediate area. Totally. totally. Turned it into a trip. Love it. Pat in Michigan wrote to us, and he talked about a couple years ago, he wrote us with a list that Paul would describe as curated of weird cars that he's owned. He's had a uh, 54 International Pickup. The International Pickup, not the Scout, the Pickup. He had a Volkswagen Thing, 69 Pontiac Bonneville, a a Land Rover Discovery from 96, which is when they didn't run, a Subaru Baja Mm. is on the list, and he currently has a Honda Element. You are definitely a man of curated. Let's just say quirky cars. Let's just go. You need a Via Cross is what you need. And he found one. He found one on Bring a Trailer, and he thought, I was calling Todd, and here I am. Yes, there is that ridiculous part of me that inexplicably wants a Via Cross. Ross, who's written for us off and on, mm-hmm. owned one a couple of years ago and wrote a great piece on our website under the Writings tab about all the great and horrible things about owning a Via Cross. He may have cured me, but I'm still interested. <laughs> Yeah, after reading that, I was going, do you still want one? Really? Kind of. <laughs> I uh, Well, Pat, I always liked the Subaru Brat, but I never liked that Subaru Baja. It was just ungainly, and it had mm-hmm. too much rear overhang, and the approach and departure angles were weird, and it was just... <laughs> Body cladding. Yeah, yeah. It was, I didn't think it was good. The Subaru Brat, just leave it two-door, two-seat, just leave yeah. the recipe alone. Don't try to double your recipe. <laughs> you screw it up. Yeah. Now, Pat says, this particular car that he went and got, which was not a Viacross, by the way, no, has a story. It was his grandfather's last car. His cousin, he says, owned it for the last 20 years since his grandfather passed, and for the last four or five years, his cousin, Paul, has been restoring it. He found he wanted a boat more than he wanted to continue the project, so he sold it to Pat, and it's a 1979 Ford Ranchero. Kind of keeping with the Subaru mm. Brat. It was a Subaru well, Brat before its time. But also keeping with really quirky cars. Very much I mean, much this so. is, if, if you can't picture the Ranchero, this is in that same vein as Chevy was making the El Camino and Ford was making the Ranchero. It's a pickup car. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, and Ford made it for a while up into the 70s. And the story is that his, his grandfather had had a couple of them. And in the fall of 1979, he found out Ford was no longer going to make it starting in the 1980 model year. So he bought the last one he could get, which may even be, have been the last one sold in Michigan. And he drove it very rarely. And uh, and now it is it is Pat's car, and he is slowly continuing this restoration. Yeah, he says, uh, might get a new power plant as the current one is not original to the car. Apparently threw a rod in the 1990s somewhere. <laughs> And he's contemplating setting it up for autocross because it seems like a stupid idea. (laughs) Okay. I I really like – here's the thing. If this is a car that you can make into anything you want, Pat, it sounds like you can, and you don't need it for any specific purpose, why not make it awesome for autocross? Now, I do wonder about body flex and what kind of reinforcement and caging you're going to have to make make that work. I mean, come on. Via cross, ranchero cross, autocross. I do do like the idea of the uh, Ford ranchero that comes to autocross. But here's the thing. It also has to come and do well. So that so that Maybe. you are so that you are the guy that people are like, oh man, the guy with the rancheros here, and somebody's just arrives like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> right, and everybody says, oh no no no, he is to be reckoned <laughs> he, with. Yeah, be careful, the ranchero <laughs> will take you. Yeah, 
Hiro Z is writing to us. He says he's got many ideas and options for an additional car for the past year, and his wife finally told him to just go get it so he would stop bothering her with YouTube videos. Can you get her a Ministry of Finance shirt? Please get her the Ministry of Finance shirt. And because they have a local Porsche independent mechanic that they really trust, his wife told him if he was going to get an old car, get it there before they move to Texas. And they they don't know who to take it to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after many of our podcasts and recommendations for 911s used as a daily and dad car, he's sending pictures of the car. He bought himself a 911 with his yes. twin boys in the back so seats. Fantastic. They like it so much they now don't want to get in the family Cayenne. They want to ride in the 911. I love twin boys in the back of a 911. It's great. The photos you sent were fantastic. The boys were just going, yeah, this is amazing, riding in the back because you got the engine right behind them. And That's they, great. I love they're it. They're feeling the power. It's a, it, they're surprisingly oh, good school buses. On. They really are, yeah. Fantastic. Well done. Frank is in Miami, Florida, who writes about crashing his SS. You guys remember, I remember this? remember that episode. Yeah. He needed a replacement vehicle. He was driving it like the week before he put on winter tires. Yeah. It all went wrong. SS versus embankment and Mm. no more SS. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, he was forced to shop more quickly than expected, and he bought a car. He bought the car we have explicitly suggested you shouldn't get. He bought it like a week before we covered his discussion on the podcast, and one of the very few cars – we listed a good group. One of the very few cars we said, be careful, (laughs) was a used Porsche Panamera Turbo because the Porsche t- Turbos have got, especially the early ones, have got so much going on with them and they had kind of some known engine issues. Mm-hmm. Guess what Frank bought? <laughs> he got the 2014 Turbo with 70,000 miles at a dealer in Miami for $47,000. That's a lot of car for the money. It is. Now get this. It's a one owner car. All the maintenance was done at Porsche dealerships. Okay. All right. And the car was very well optioned. Well, almost our turbos are, but yes. Yes. It was originally an executive vehicle owned by Porsche, so it has the uncommon black Fuchs-style wheels, mm, okay. ceramic brakes, factory fire extinguisher, <laughs> and a lot of other goodies. He said original MSRP was $178,000 on this car. Someone's doing math about the six years between $180,000 and forty seven. That's actually pretty exciting. That had a whistle on the way down. That <laughs> dropped fast. It did. Now, in accordance with our shared concerns about reliability, he writes, he did opt for a three-year bumper-to-bumper warranty, so he's a little less worried about the turbo's problems. Sure, I get that, yeah. Frank says he had a chance to drive a Panamera 4S prior to flying down to Miami and was underwhelmed by the power and surprisingly rough ride. He says the SS set a really high bar for cruising comfort. They are very cool, yeah. yeah. But the addition of two turbos and air ride has alleviated all those concerns. <laughs> okay. Now, he and his girlfriend opt to, opted to drive the car back to Rochester. I'm sorry. You're in Rochester. I thought you were in Miami, but you bought the car there. Yeah. But they did drive it from Miami in a zigzagging fashion through the south. They loved it. They hit tail of the dragon. But she got crippling car sickness after about 30 seconds of driving, so they didn't push the car too much after that. <laughs> He says, I love this car. PDK is incredible. The highway manners are great. He's got the sports steering wheel. Launch control is just unfair. I did read that. That's awesome. Launch control is unfair. That's fantastic. And the 24-gallon German fuel tank was much appreciated after covering 2,300 miles. But he says, That's, that was his car. Despite our recommendations of an E90 M3 sedan, the Cadillac V-Series wagon, 
He says he went with that and something he could use year round in Rochester. Hey, there's there's nothing wrong with the driving experience of a Panamera Turbo. You've done very well <laughs> yeah. there, and you got it for a killer price for sure. Yeah, well done, Frank. Jason's writing to us from Ohio near Columbus, and he says uh, he thanks us for just kind of all the stuff we do. By the way, we talk a lot about cars. I don't know if you noticed, Paul, Fair but we, do, we, we talk a little bit about cars. Fair he, he didn't write in to ask for advice, but uh, he had a BMW 135i that he loved. He decided to keep shopping for something new, and then he was at an auto show. <laughs> and of all things, he saw a Miata RF. The retractable fastback. He describes it as like the moment in a romantic comedy when the girl takes off her glasses and the guy sees her for the first time. <laughs> it's that. He was like, oh, now I want that. Well, this 09 BMW 135, he says, never left him stranded, <laughs> but every component broke on the forum's agreed schedule. So he knew he could go in a couple directions. He'd been wanting the hottest Mustang GT, but he also drives 110 miles a day for work. But then the life provided clarity. He he had this moment. <laughs> the sun the sun shone down. <laughs> the doves flew out. It was a John Woo movie. The doves flew out. Right, there was course. a choir singing, and there was a Miata RF in the center. Yeah. Well, he drove an ND two, and he then he knew what he had to do. So he found a 2019 certified pre owned Brembo BBS Recaro in Des Moines I with like 7,500 miles. Flew out and drove back. He says, "What a fantastic machine." He has done mods already, but the two that are immediately relevant to us are the Paco Motorsports seat rails, which lowers the seat an inch and a quarter. Which is huge. If you're a tall guy, that is transformative for that car. That is the way I would like to have that car, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. He also got the Flying Miata carbon nylon door bushings. I knew you'd appreciate this, Paul. (laughs) He's taking care of the seat for you Mm -hmm. and the door thunk for me. Yes. He says it makes it sound $10,000 more expensive. The, Done. The, the note here is you buy them because it's supposed to be better for rigidity. He just likes the fact that it improved the door thunk. I'm all about that's, that. That's hysterical. I will spend yeah. money on the door thunk sound. I know you This will. doesn't make the car faster. It didn't make it any mm-hmm. better. But listen to this door. Meanwhile, the Lotus has a horribly cheap thunk clank. It's not even a thunk. It's, it's a clank. <laughs> clank is better. It's not. Thunk is, is too nice. Yeah, oh, my son like breathes on the door because I've, I've finally got him to not slam the Lotus door because it's a tiny little door. Yeah, it, it's designed you to know, do two things: like open and shut. Like like a cat could walk by and smack it and close this door. It, yeah. It's it's light. I finally well, he's got used my, to the Cayenne. He, he has. I finally got my son to where he won't slam that door. So when he closes it slowly, it still clanks. It's like funny. he got like he took a running start. But anyway, yeah. Well, now he says he's got a decent spectrum of utility garage. I like it. The economy car is a 2016 Focus SE. The sports car is that 2019 Miata RF. The Grand Touring Sedan is a 2017 Q50 Silver Sport. And he's got a 2018 Ford F-150 Lariat. Three out of four of those cars are different brands. That's pretty impressive. Well yeah. done there. Yeah. Fantastic. Guys, really, continue to write to us your car conclusions. We love hearing what a new choice or a road trip or just a new car has done for your outlook. Yes, agree. Yeah, it's a new agree. car, and the <laughs> it wears off. The feeling wears off. Sure it does. Yeah, yeah. But we want that feeling to last as long as possible and just set you on a new path of driving enthusiasm. So write to us. Absolutely. And the other thing about it that we like so much is the fact that it's not always a car conclusion because we covered your car debate. Mm-hmm. It's because right. you're just part of this discussion about the car disease and trying new experiences. I mean, we got people right. not buying white cars thanks to us. I mean, I, I'm just excited. <laughs> I'd if say there's, that's a win. There's one less white car on the road because you and I are desperate for a color, but I think it's great. 
You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss that ideal car. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Mike S. is in eastern Connecticut writing to us about his 2016 Chevy Prius. <laughs> Hang on. There, this does make sense. The Chevy Prius, <laughs> it, there, it does exist. It was actually coined by, uh, by his family, and uh, that is the, uh, the Chevy Volt. Well, he says his son introduced him to us while he was driving on a stint of a long road trip from New York City to Texas with him. It was an episode about the C8 Corvette, mm. and he says his ears perked up and he was hooked. Thank you, Mike. Really appreciate you listening. He says two of his three kids still live at home and rely on him to drive them sometimes, and he needs to get groceries. And so at this point, a Corvette is not in the picture okay. right now. All right. yeah, yeah. Now, he is a Chevy guy, though. He currently has a 2016 Volt as his daily, creeping up on 200,000 miles. I've always been wondering how Volts would do, because we drove it new and thought, mm-hmm. this is a real car. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's early hybrid, but... Not bad. Surprisingly good. Used. Yeah, they're very cheap used. I'm glad to hear you've got 200,000 miles yeah, on it. Yeah, for sure. That's, you're using it for what it's designed for. Mm-hmm. He's also got a Chevy Silverado from 2017. His commute used to be from Eastern Connecticut to New York City every day, and he says the Volt was the best for the commute. Mm-hmm. But the commute has been shortened significantly as he's working local now, and his Chevy Prius, as his son calls it, is no longer necessary. <laughs> he hates SUVs. And he is really looking for a Corvette sedan. Okay. All right. Now, he's got a budget of about forty to $50,000, 50 being the max, he says. His criteria is this. Four doors, decent trunk space, needs to be fun, but doesn't need to be a Hellcat level of insanity. Okay. All right. Manual or automatic is fine. Needs to be fairly reliable. He's been wrenching on cars his whole life, so he can work and modify cars with relative ease. And it either needs to have 400 or more horsepower or the ability to have it tuned up to that level. Okay. All right. Good to know. good enough handling to compensate for lower power numbers if he doesn't have that. But then I suspect you're just going to tune it up to you know, more than whatever. That anyway, yeah. Uh-huh. Whatever we choose. Now, where he lives in Connecticut, there are plenty of crazy fun back roads that cut through the forest. He drives through on his commute. But trying to drive a Chevy Volt on the limit is like trying to go skateboarding with a surfboard. Interesting idea. I get it. Probably not going to go well. Yeah. Okay. Well, his oldest son has a Charger Scat Pack. He's driven it, loves the power, but having the same car is not ideal. Okay. Also, sure. we applaud you for I that. I like that you want to get something different. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. He is impartial to a brand. German, That's good. American, Japanese That's good. Like is it. not important. Rather, the way it feels and drives is his priority. So, I love that you're writing to us. I love that you're completely open, Mike. Mm-hmm. I really do. And this change in your life where you don't need the commute anymore, you don't have as long of a commute, I think really just has made you go, all right, I'm open. What's out there? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. And I have one car for you. I wonder if it's the same one car that I want to land on. I want to mention three also rands, like genuine considerations in this discussion that check every box for Mike, even though I think there is one car for him. I'm curious the same one. (laughs) Here are the three alts that I have for you. Okay. The BMW E90 M3 four-door with a six-speed manual. Now, that is the late 2000s, early 2010s. That's good. That's actually M3 good. M3 with that screaming V8. 
That is a great car in six-speed manual, four doors, nice place to be, etc. It will need some stuff. It's German. It'll have higher mileage. But with your budget, you can find a really nice one, and it would be great. Oh, yeah. You, you don't even have to spend all your budget to find it. No, not at all. Another one in that category is the Porsche Panamera, was talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. That is a really good option. Then You can't get that in a manual. Buy the most powerful one you can. Be careful of the turbo, which we talked about earlier, but be careful. You can still find good ones. That's another good alt. And then my last alt, even though, again, this is another alt. This is okay. not the one I picked. Okay. Is a used Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio. That's also pretty cool. Which that could you could be cool. absolutely get for forty to fifty grand. I'll be honest with you. Of the three alts, I'd get the Quadrifoglio instantly. That's so much fun to drive. They are really good. And they are down there I now, do like price-wise. Those are my three alts. I have one car, but I'm curious if you picked it too. Okay. Well, this is interesting. The reason I picked this car, Mike is because of your Chevy Volt experience. You're already used to hybrids. You're already appreciating the combination of power and torque that the Volt provides. It wasn't ever a lot, but it drives differently than a normal gasoline engine car. And you're already used to this, and you still have a smaller commute. It still exists. Mm -hmm. But I also want you to have a sleeper. You did not go where I think you did, but now I think I know where you went. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad we didn't go the same place. Keep going. I want this... I imagine this car up against your son's Charger Scat Pack. You guys go find a place to drag race these two cars, mm. and you let me know because I'm almost willing to bet money you'll take him. That's it's, it's funny because I'm, I'm, I'm almost connecting, I'm connecting there. with you. I know what car you're going to recommend. I've just <laughs> I've, I've connected with you enough to, to realize Got what it, it is. And that's an interesting thought. The audience is very curious now because they don't get it yet. I've strung it out long enough. It is the Volvo S60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid T8 E all-wheel drive, which we drove and were instantly impressed. Mike, I got out of the car after my initial drive, and I looked back, and I shut the driver's door, and I was just looking at it, thinking, everyone should have one of these. Mm. It is so good to drive. Mm -hmm. It is such a sleeper. Get this. That particular model, the inscription level, starts at $51,295, which I know is over your budget. But I will offer you the tax credit. Oh, interesting point. Look at you. As a salvo every other make hey, it better. Every other electric car maker, hybrid car maker, talks uh-huh. about the tax credit for the actual price. I'll give it to you, yeah. I've been searching for the right word, and I still haven't landed upon it, to describe the driving experience. Mm-hmm. I've thought of the words thoughtful and delicate, and then I went to circumspect and sagacious and (laughs) discerning. Throw out the thesaurus. It's not helping anymore. It is just a futuristic sleeper. Mm -hmm. And everyone, like I said, everyone should own one of these cars. Isn't it 400? It has 400 horsepower and 472 pound-feet of torque. Yes, crazy amounts of torque. You will take everyone at the light. Supercharger, turbocharger, and electric hybrid motor. It has all of the tech and is surprisingly fast. What's interesting, although I know electric cars, you could go all electric. You could. For sure. there's plenty of torque out of an electric car. You could get a Model 3 and be very, very quick. Absolutely. But this one has power at all points of where you push on the accelerator. Mm-hmm. Everybody says, well, it plateaus at this RPM, the torque pl- you know, plateaus, yeah, yeah, yeah. usually a high RPM. But you know, where the usable torque is in whatever range, wherever, however you're starting at whatever mile per hour you're currently traveling, <laughs> there is power available. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's zero. It doesn't matter if it's 50. There is power because you have three different choices of power plants yeah. all in the same yeah, car. You're right. Turbo, you're right. supercharged, 
and electric motor, they all take care of something that's missing at any point in your driving point. experience. You're absolutely right. Which is why it's so crazy off the line. Mm-hmm. You just stomp it and you're gone. And then it's got a very luxurious interior. You would want, you'll want to road trip across country because yes. you're like, it's nice being here. I, I, I did not expect you to go. That's not where I went, but I do like <laughs> that. The seat backs are thinner and therefore the rear seat passenger space is great. Mm-hmm. The design is exquisite. The build quality is excellent. And just being there with mm-hmm. the interface and the way it drives, you're not going to want to leave. I know it's unexpected, but you've got to drive one of these cars and tell me I'm wrong. And I'd love to of a whatever just looks like a Volvo sedan just takes that charger. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. That's, okay. That's a good – That I did not expect you to go there. I expected you to go with the singular car I actually think is right for Mike, I, that S60 is an oddball, but it's good. It's an oddball. Here's the one that I picked for you, Mike, because of a few things. And many people, you're going you're gonna to get ahead of me. I know you are, so, so <laughs> make it a drinking game. You were very intrigued by the C8 Corvette discussion that we had. Right. You've had a Volt. You've had a Silverado. You are a Chevy guy. Mm-hmm. You don't want the exact same thing your son has, which is the Charger. But you'd like, essentially, a four-door Corvette. Right. Chevy did that. They advertised it as the four-door Corvette. Mm-hmm. It was the Chevy SS in manual six-speed with a magnetic ride. That's exactly how you want that car spec'd. The way those are selling used is between forty and fifty grand. It's like it was made for you, Mike. You have to get the magnetic ride. And you the cannot consider get, an get SS that car without that way. the manager. Auto, uh, manual or automatic, but you the, the magnetic ride is a requirement. I, I agree. Now, the first one we drove, the first one we drove was auto, no magnetic ride. Later, I drove it on the track, six-speed magnetic ride. It was good in auto with no magnetic ride. True. You true. want it, I think, six-speed manual <laughs> with a magnetic ride that it – when Chevy released it, they said, our effort here was to make a four-door Corvette. And I went, oh, sure, he did. Very nice. Good for you. Pat on the head. And then drove it and went, whoa. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really it good. Is. Over 400 horsepower. It, it, is, it, it checks every box you're asking for. It is. Go yeah. drag race that against your son. <laughs> tell, tell, send us the results. I don't think in the history of the show we've actively encouraged and asked for our listeners to go drag race their just car. Just go drag race. And yeah. just send let us, us that know. video. Why not? You and your son, yeah, set up some cameras. You got to throw down. Come on, guys. We're very curious. Keep us posted. As always, you guys are great about sending us lots of really good questions. I'm going to jump in here to acknowledge a round of questions and then save it for later. Avi Ram is a great example. He says, what's our car of the year? At the end of the year or the first podcast or the following, the the incoming year, we do kind of a year in review and a year to come podcast. That is still coming. We will do that. We're not going to do it right here. So I will start there. Then I'm going to go non-cars for a split second. Damon Dickin on Facebook asked me a storytelling question. He said, when you're reading a book or watching a film, are there things that you don't notice from earlier in the story that end up being tied together later, is this intentional is what he's asking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And are they, are they done in such a way that you should be paying attention to them? Damon, I think this is the vital stuff of storytelling. It's the breadcrumbs. I, I, I don't like, and there, look, there are successful movies and novels that do this. What I'm going to put it in the simplest form possible. I don't like a story that says it's A or B, it's A or B, it's A or B for 90% of the story. And then at the end goes, surprise, it's C. 
Like, I didn't know C was an option. Right, right. That really, as a storyteller, that really annoys me. What I like is we've given you details, maybe little snippets, maybe tiny little things. But I think the best storytelling is when you're actually, the details that are being given are there for a purpose. So that you may not have noticed them, but they're there. And then as you start to see at the end, you're like, oh, you've been telling us that all along. I think that's the best stuff. It's not always done that way, but I love that. Chase Duncan on Facebook is asking why manufacturers, why more manufacturers don't follow the model of Porsche when it comes to model colors. Porsche does allow you to pay extra for custom colors. That is called paint to sample. Whereas, for example, Chevy doesn't allow you to do that for the Corvette. Is this because the Corvette is technically a budget sports car and the 911 is more upper echelon? What are mm. our thoughts on this? Chase, I cannot speak for all the car companies for sure, but I do have a little bit of insight into Porsche. And that is the way the employees work and build cars and are trained. And I, I think it's still this way. I know it was at least a decade ago, but I, I think it's still this way. Please, somebody write to me and correct me. Employees shift jobs. I believe it's every six months. It's a, it's a time period. Okay. So you're working on installing wiring harnesses and you learn how to do it well. And that's what you're doing. But then you get to shift to engine building mm, and then you go mm. build engines for a while. And then over time, all the employees have knowledge of every part of the car, which mm. echoes Porsche's outlook. And that is one of the companies to be the last ones to make you a hand-built sports car. I know there's some boutique British manufacturers that still will, and they cost a lot of money. <laughs> But that has always been the Porsche mindset is you can get a car exactly just for you like nobody else's. That's the mindset. Mm -hmm. Whether or not the employees still work that way or whether or not that's manifested in all the stitching and the seatbelts and the sport chrono dial face <laughs> color and the color of the car, the idea is that you can make a car that is explicitly just yours. You can make some crazy, ugly stuff. And we've seen plenty of YouTubers and Instagrammers sure, make sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. pretty horrible combinations just because you can. That doesn't mean you should. <laughs> now, Money does not buy taste. That's been an ongoing reality, yes. As to Chase, to your point, the upper echelon includes Ferrari, Rolls-Royce. Mm -hmm. You want to go there and you want to spend money? They will roll out the custom color palette. Yeah. McLaren Special Operations will help you decide on a brand new color. So will Aston Martin. But it always just seems like 911s are that almost aspiration. They're that almost attainable for the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. They're, they they're still they're not anymore, really. But that's that's been the appeal of 911s for a long time. It's just it's the it's the sports car. It's the one I can almost get. Whereas Aston Martins, McLarens, Ferraris aren't in our thoughts, yeah. except for just dreaming about them. And so. They want you to be able to do this, and that's the mindset of the company, to have this, you know, we're one of the last companies that mm, mm. give you, the customer, the ability to make something that's just yours, still at a decent price, even though paint to sample can be rather pricey. Yes. And when a PTS car comes up for sale and it's advertised as well, never before seen blue, PTS blue, paint to sample blue, mm -hmm. something, they tack on a whole bunch of money. Because money talks. I mean, here's the thing about it. Chevy's dealing with volume cars. And Correct. if you really want a custom color on your Corvette, you're going to buy it and you're going to probably get it painted after the yes. fact. You're going to wrap it or you're going to paint it. But it, I don't think Chevy looks at the Corvette as a budget sports car. If you work for GM, any part of the Corvette program mm. is an honor to be a part Fair of. Fair point, yes. Design, engineering, marketing, mm -hmm. you know, materials, whatever that is. If you're part of the Corvette program, that is an aspirational job that you work your way towards Definitely. at GM. 
And once you're there, that's kind of like the pinnacle of I mean, that's a flagship car. Mm. I hope it never goes away. But you're right. The Corvette has always been about performance for dollars, performance yeah. for budget. Yeah, yeah. How do they keep the price down? I suppose they could, and maybe they will on future hotter C8 mm. models, maybe mm-hmm. with the Zora, the ZR1, or the Z06. Maybe we'll be able to. But for right now, it's just what a great sports car. Let's keep the price down. And here's some good options, but this is how most people want to configure it. You, you mentioned something that this just now struck me as you're talking, thinking along these lines. I wonder if Chevrolet might do this later in the model run of the C8 because, and the reason, here's the reason to think about it, because Chevrolet has been offering the custom VIN number, which I think is insane. But the custom yes. VIN number is, is yes. literally, if you have a Corvette from before, you have a, a you have a 63 split window, mm-hmm. and it, its VIN number has this number combination in it. You can get your C8 to have a VIN number that looks related to that one. Yes. yes. Custom VIN number? Yeah. Now, I realize that's a little plate on the car, and you can just – it's paperwork. That means I get a lot it. to people. It does mean a lot to people. But my point is, if you're going to go into that kind of minutia, it seems to me that paint should be an option. I agree. It's just – think about doing that. That yeah. means – you're mixing just that color for exactly. one car. That is it's not money. cost effective. It's money. It'll cost. It'll be a major upcharge. Yes, you have to have a dedicated area of the plant in Kentucky just to do that. Mm-hmm. You can't just run cars through. It's it's ROI. It's efficiency. Yeah, it's, totally. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though it's a sports car, and it seems there are a few good options, but there's going to be multiple cars that look the same. You know, you want that nice blue with the tan interior, and mm-hmm. you know. It's not totally custom, but that's because of the nature of Corvette. If you think like my Lotus, you could do a custom VIN because you just printed it out on a laser printer and laminated it anyway. So you could make the VIN anything you wanted. You run it through easy. a business card laminator. Exactly. As far yeah, as we I'll, I'll, be, I'll be done before coffee. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's upper echelon versus you know car for the people kind of thinking. I think it's just we want you to be able to customize your car versus – the return on, on investment and mm-hmm. being able to produce it and keep the cost down for yeah. the rest of us. I yeah. think really there, that's what There'll it's be plenty of people to. that are custom painting their vets into something insane and spending lots of money. After of fact. course. Vinstagram3 asks, what's the best way to test drive different sports cars in a state where things like Turo or DriveShare are essentially illegal? They can't be used in New York State. I didn't know that, actually. He's asking, here's my question. Here's my uh, response for you, though. You need to take a vacation to somewhere that does. <laughs> Vegas and L.A. both spring to mind because yep. both of those locations, just about everything you can think of is available for rent. And it's warm. Yes, and it's, it's warm, warm year-round. So you can go into that location. You have a, a multi-day vacation. Spend a few hours on a couple of different days driving the sports cars you're curious about. Make that part of your vacation and uh, tell us which one you like because I think you'll know. Justin B. on Twitter talks to me, says, Paul talks about solving character lines a lot. What vehicles do the worst job at solving their character lines? He's hinting at the new Honda Fit, thankfully not coming to North America, which is kind of a bummer. The Fit is awesome. But I agree. Just trying things without thinking about how lines wrap. Mm. It always makes me wonder. When I see a new car, I try and imagine what the theme and the thinking of the designer was or the design team when executing this styling. I'll be honest. Some of them are pretty difficult. I, I like it, I like it as a challenge. Yeah. It's the same kind of challenge we all play about identifying car headlights and taillights at night mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. signature lighting. And you know, I'm I'm really good. I know cars. That's a BMW because I just know cars. 
Same kind of thing. I look at design from that standpoint. I've seen Buicks that seem very mm, rushed and... <laughs> rushed not, is the word you landed on. They're, they're not, but... <laughs> if you had been here, you could have seen, uh, like, there were 45 words fighting for, for Paul's head, and the what he came up with is rushed. I think that's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> I'll just say Mazda is one of the companies that is doing it the best. Yes. You're thinking of all the designers you know that work at car companies and you're trying so carefully right now to tread nicely through here and not insult people directly. (laughs) I'll be honest. It's weird knowing people who have designed various car models Mm -hmm. and knowing whether I like them or not, but knowing the face and their design style and their drawing style behind the car. It's a little strange. Car manufacturers like Mazda are executing very well. They seem very clean and thought through. It seems like car companies that just want to execute the next model without really having a theme and just trying to make it look fresh. Mm. You made it look different, but you didn't do a good job as far as presenting all of us with a new theme, a new exciting theme. It's just, Mm. it's just different sheet metal at this point. It doesn't mean it was better. It's just different. Want to encourage design teams around the world to really let the car in some instances design itself like that shoulder off the window. You want to, you know, it's a crisp line, a crisp theme. Wonderful. If it's not, let it let it be you know focus your areas on the beauty and the proportions and all that kind of stuff and i'm i'm concerned about the future of electric car design because mm-hmm. all the elements that used to be in play like giant openings to cool the engine are no longer necessary mm. and so it's really weird because it's fresh territory it's a greenfield build for an architect interesting okay yeah yeah it's fresh territory that is not a defined area anymore we could do anything we want. Mm, mm. It could be a giant <laughs> beaver teeth grill. It could. It could be anything. It yeah. could be a blank surface. We can screw it up. Yeah. But our, that our means the portion of cars is changing because of mm. the hybrid nature and because of electric nature. Cars don't have to look like they used to anymore. Good point. But that doesn't mean you just fill that area that was previously an opening for a radiator to cool the car. You don't just draw something to fill it. Change the proportions. I know that's expensive. Well, Polestar is going in that direction for me in a mm. good way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we have a piece coming out on Thursday on our test drive channel. We have two YouTube channels. We have our original channel, which is actually getting a new piece on our cheap sports cars. A really fun road trip piece drops Thursday. But on the test drive channel is a piece on the Subaru Outback. And you make a note in the middle of that piece of something I hadn't seen before, and now I can't unsee it. And oh. you talk about there's a crisp character line down the side of the car yeah. that has a random sag in the middle of the driver's door. Yeah. It doesn't have a reason to have a sag. It just sags down the middle right. of the driver's door. And then, and then it's like, what happened there? So we talk right. about that in the middle of the piece. It's fun. But you're always educating me on all this stuff. I love it. Oh, thank you. MacMan3 is asking, speaking of BMWs, uh, non-Beaver Chief BMWs in this case, he has a, he's curious about the 135i from the same generation as the BMW 1M. How do they compare? We talk about the 1M. It's one of our all-time favorites. It's a great car. He's asking for the lesser one, the 135i. Driven it, driven it on track. It is very good. It is sometimes underappreciated. They can be money pits. If you want to, don't, don't buy it to tune it into something crazy. Just buy it to enjoy it. They feel like the little brother to the M3 of that era. They're very good. Okay. They aren't as good as the 1M. The 1M just feels really special. I'll tell you what the trick, though, is. You want a 135IS. It's almost the 1M. Oh, right. It is they the slightly that. tweaked. They if they're hard to find, but you That's want the right. 135IS if you want the almost 1M. 
There's a question on here. Twitter, Danny Fields says, is there a way to get sales figures that are broken down? For example, if you wanted to find out how many cars were sold in a certain color, is that even possible? You haven't, hasn't been able to find that information. The secret is the corporate website of every car company. Okay. It's not the customer facing website that you want to go to. That's for the person interested in that new car model and just wanting to see just the overall kind of what is it like. The tech specs aren't even there on that kind of website. Generally not, yeah. We all want to know the basics. Give me the horsepower. Give me the torque. Mm -hmm. How many cylinders does it have? What's the powertrain? What's the steering ratio? All those kinds of things. Those usually aren't available because it's all about cup holders and look how the seat folds and, and the look color how much is storage awesome. there is. And new, new head unit. Yes. And look at the big sunroof, big uh-huh. piece of glass. Look how many openings this car has. Yeah. Whatever that is. Here it is backlit in a fo- photograph where it was going five miles an hour, but it looks yes. like it's going 50 because everything is nicely blurred. Yeah. But especially, Danny, for publicly traded companies, I'll give you an example, Ford. Mm-hmm. The corporate websites will give you more information. It's tough to find car color breakdown in the Porsche Panorama magazine, which is the publication done by Porsche Club of America. They will tell you the quarterly sales figures for all the models Porsche builds, Mm, Caymans and 911s and all that stuff. And you can see, did sales go up, go down, what was affected? But they don't break it down by color because that is some minutiae that no intern or anybody working for the car company should be made to do. <laughs> That's a job by some interns do that. That's funny. You I like wouldn't it. want to make anybody do that kind of work. That's <laughs> awful. Spreadsheets are other companies. We're going to have you look up color. But for example, Ford will give you, hey, transit van sales were up by 17% in such and such quarter, and passenger car sales did this, and truck sales did that. That's about as far as they go. But again, publicly traded companies will offer you more information Mm -hmm. like that than the private companies. But still, the corporate websites is where you want to go that gives you all the manufacturing and the overview and sustainabilities and all the, the kinds of corporate things that the company is thinking about rather than Here's the model, and here's how we're marketing it. Makes me wonder where the forums get this stuff, because what I find is after the fact, the forums, it, it, it's cars that are beloved. After the fact, the forums can t- give you this kind of breakdown. Like, I bet you could find it on forums for the S2000. What is the breakdown of color? Somebody's probably got it, because it was a low-volume car, and now they've, they've sold all the ones they were ever going to sell, and they know this color only came in. And this is why, on the other side of the equation, people are like, I am selling the only one of this color in North America that was made for this calendar. Really? But that does happen. So the information's out there, and I feel like it's, it's that minutia stuff that almost happens after the fact. You're right, and that does, and forums are a great place to to find that, or enthusiast websites for that model. Corvette Mm -hmm. is a great example, because now they can give you the breakdown for all the 60s cars of how many were made in each color, but it took a long time for all that information to trickle out, essentially. Yeah, for sure. Atomic Gumby's asking questions about the Corvette C8. He's actually asking almost a track daily crush. Not quite. It is a fight in words question, though. He says, now that we've been around the C8 a lot, and we have... Which would we rather daily and or track, the C8 or the new Supra? Now, I will admit we have tracked the Supra. We have not tracked the C8. This is actually kind of hard. I, I, I can't speak to having tracked the C8. However, I think if it were my money, I would be more prone to buy the C8 than the Supra. Probably. But I think if we were just talking track car, I might choose Supra instead. That's interesting because you and I both love the mid-engine configuration. Mm-hmm. We have not experienced yet the C8 on track at yeah. this point as far as, you know, an understeer conversation. Yeah. 
But but you got to yeah. drive it like a mid-engine car, not a yeah. front-engine car. That's the other key element there. Yeah, the Supra is really good on track. I really it is. liked it's very it. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I may lean towards C8 just because of mid-engine. That's tough. It's pretty great. Yeah. Hayden BRZ asks if we see Alpha or FCA making a successor to the Alpha 4C. I don't actually. <laughs> it's called the MC20, and it's from Maserati. <laughs> I can't wait for that car. I know. Oh my gosh, I don't see that because of business plans and because of the merger that they're going through. Mm-hmm. I think every car is under explicit review by management to say, did this sell enough? Stellantis doesn't like business. small cars. <laughs> <laughs> Stellantis oh. only wants to sell SUVs. Pretty much. Stellantis doesn't know what a mid-engine car is. We are Stellantis. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. That's coming. I just don't really see it. But uh, yeah. What else? Uh, MTB Fun at 49 is Cater Hem 7 and a Porsche came in the Ultimate Garage. That does sound pretty tasty. It does sound good. I'm I, like not, I don't know how much you drive the Cater. Maybe you drive it for track days. I, I'd get in the Cater, but not a lot of space in those. <laughs> the Cayman is your cushy commuter the, the, car. Yeah, the, the Cayman, spongy the Cayman is my car. big, you got to drive cross country. Can't take the Cater <laughs> today. We're going to do 1,000 miles. Bill Colley, 1,008, asks a good track daily crush. People are throwing these out a lot right now. Mm-hmm. The Porsche 959. Yum. The Carrera GT or the 918 Track oh. Daily Crush. Ouch. I actually do have an answer here, and it's crushing the 959. I know oh. it's a travesty, but you track the Carrera GT and try to get it to not kill you. Put on new tires, and the 918 is your daily. Oh, gosh. I, mm, I would daily the 959 because who daily is a 959? I, I understand. You'd be one of one. You would be, yes. I would. Hmm, darn it. <laughs> See? <laughs> Darn it. I knew you'd struggle with this more than me, though. I knew you would. I, this is this is how to strip Paul's gears, by the way. This is how it's, get, how it's done. I have to move on to Tanner G. Images, who asks about design trends from the past. What do we think will return in the near future? Any trends you'd like to personally see? I continually think about lighting and lighting hmm. technology. Okay, yeah, yeah. And what designers are doing to experiment. I think Bugatti is actually doing a lot to experiment because they can. Yeah. They're not they locked into, we got to sell cars. Mm. If they sell one <laughs> with this crazy new lighting, yeah, they're happy. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yep. So in a weird way, it frees them up to be even crazier and more mm-hmm. creative about that. Now, creativity very much manifests itself in something that can be sold for profit. And a lot of it, that's creative. But I like what Hyundai's doing. I like mm. what car companies are doing to just experiment with new lighting techniques. And will there be concealed headlights I'm, I'm not saying pop-up but mm. concealed headlights that do that do new things they can reveal themselves and they're they're hidden away until the lights illuminate and remember you, the fabric covered ones on that bmw what was that, that it was the gina concept yeah where everything was fabric the which BMW. Was really crazy and those lights would open yeah. up like eyes yeah stuff like that I, I continually look at lighting because that is one of the easiest things to change mm. and it's one of the things that is moving so quickly everything's on the table signature lighting Laser beam headlights. The squiggle on the K5 right now. Yeah, the yeah. K5 squiggle is still weird. I'm not sure. It is like still it. weird. I agree with you on that. But, uh, but that kind of thing. There's a lot of experimentation in that area. So thing, areas of the car that you didn't know were lighting and suddenly at night, it changes. The Sonata is a great example of yeah, that. Yeah, that's fair. It's got that uh, fading thing, the yeah. lasso, whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah, the dynamic lasso. Dynamic lasso. You didn't know it was that lighting signature until... At night or dusk when mm-hmm. you see it, but during the day, it doesn't look like anything else. Yeah, the daytime running light isn't as obvious. It's very yeah. interesting how that stuff's happening like that, for sure. 
Side note real quick, on toddeacon.com, you can find my novel, but you can also find at the bottom of the page, there is a virtual book tour coming late January. It's a way to get signed books. It's a way to have a discussion that is full of spoilers about my book. A few of you asked (laughs) me about that. I did want to clarify, it is available on my website, toddeacon.com. You can go to the bottom. You can sign up for that. A few of you already had. You asked me some follow-up questions. It will all happen then. We are nearing the end of the year. I can't believe it. It's coming fast, but Todd and I are going to be taking three podcasts off. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be taking a break as we reset ourselves, and hopefully you guys can too. So we're nearing that. We've got two podcasts left after this, I believe, and then we'll be taking a few off just to give ourselves uh, a talking break, and then we're going to be resetting. There's lots of planning going on for for the new year already, but uh, yeah, just so you know, we'll be taking that off. But the YouTube videos will continue to come out, Mm -hmm. which is great, and then television starts January 2, 2021. That is the first Saturday of January 2021 on the Motor Trend Cable Channel at 7.30 Eastern. Please DVR if it's too early, if you're somewhere on the left coast yes, or around the world. Well, that'll be coming to Amazon at, at that point. And it will come uh, soon Amazon after it debuts on the Motor Trend Cable our, Channel. Our premiere episode of Season 8 is really, really fun. It is an it amazing is. road trip in our cheap sports cars and a big discussion specifically about the location even more than the cars. We were reviewing it last night because it shipped already Crazy to Discovery Motor Trend. It already shipped, and it is a very fun episode. It's just fun to watch. Yeah, I'm watching it going, I want to drive there, and then I realized like, I already did. I, I was there. I yeah, was there I am. Car. There I went. <laughs> Thank you guys so much, as always, for all your great questions, your Topic Tuesdays, your car debates. Really, really appreciate all the support that you've given us throughout the year. We're looking Big forward time. to more as we're starting to wrap things up and uh, still busy, still looking ahead. But uh, yeah, thank you guys. Write to us. Love to hear from you. And as always, cheers, everyone. <laughs>